Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. There's a famous quote by Ellis I've brought up often, brought it up last night on John Hannity's show that Civilization is a thin crust on a volcano. And we'll talk about that volcano today. What happened yesterday, the response to it, the media response to it, and how they find themselves in a real corner right now. It's going to be a very, very busy show with a lot of video, a lot of cuts, and a lot of evidence that we're in a really dark place right now. I'll try to leave you on a positive note at the end. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, get a VPN today. Protect your online activity from prying eyeballs. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on this really uh, tough day. I've got a loaded show, so let's get right to it. You hear from them every day in the beginning of my show, our friends at ExpressVPN. Hey, does it make sense to you? The same company who controls half of online retail. Also, passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home. What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches, runs your email service, and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech is more powerful than most countries are, and they profit by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put a layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts. That's why I use ExpressVPN. Think about how much of your life is on the internet. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked and data mined. When you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, something big tech can use to personally identify you. So ExpressVPN makes your activity harder to trace and then sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eavesdroppers on your network. ExpressVPN does all this without slowing your connections. Rated number one by CNET and Wired. What I like most about ExpressVPN is how easy it is to use for me. Just download the app on your phone. It's really that simple or your computer. Tap one button, you're protected. It's that simple. Stop handing over your personal data to big tech monopoly. It's mining your activity and selling it. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep us safe online in my house. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now to learn more. All right, Joe, let's go. Okay. Rough bell today, but the bell will toll no matter what. I've been warning you about this for a long time. If you're a listener to the show, you know that. No need to play old clips of myself to prove what I'm telling you. It's true. If you've been here for a while, you've heard it in the past. I've been warning about this propensity for people in the media and on the other side of the political aisle to normalize political violence. We can never, ever ever normalize political violence. That volcano Ellis is referring to, that civilization is a thin crust on a volcano, that thin crust is comprised of certain things. Our constitution, our police, our military, law and order. But 
You know, what's interesting is when we talk about that thin crust that keeps the volcano from exploding, and that is, Ellis is right, that is what civilization is, civilized human behavior. That order part of the law and order is frequently left out. Well, what is order? What does order mean? Well, the order portion of that refers to process. There are things we do and don't do to get a specific result. If we have a property dispute with our neighbor, we don't murder our neighbor to get the property dispute appropriately resolved because that wouldn't be an appropriate response. We can all agree, I guess, right? There may be some liberal media people listening, so I have to be very careful here because they, they, don't, they have a tough time with this. If we don't like what happened in a police incident, it's probably not orderly, appropriate, or the proper process to go and burn down your neighbor's business. I'm not sure how that gets the problem solved of what you see to be an inappropriate police use of force. Having said that, yesterday, an appropriate response to a dispute and an honest, strong dispute about what happened in the 2020 presidential election is not to go break windows at the Capitol and storm the Capitol floor, which ironically shut down any airing of the dispute about the 2020 election. So I'm not sure what exactly the strategy was there, but it clearly wasn't a smart one. We can never normalize political violence, ever. And the country's been on the road to doing that for a long time. And let me be crystal clear to all the liberal lunatics listening to my show today. If you're not willing to do an autopsy uh, as to how we got to this point, tune out now. Because this is only for serious people who are actually willing to think about what happened yesterday, how we got there, why we got there, what happened, and how we can prevent this kind of stuff from happening from the future and keep the order part of law and order intact so we have a process that doesn't break down completely. If we normalize political violence, ladies and gentlemen, the weak have no power in our society. This is obvious to anyone listening. If violence becomes the first resort to resolve disputes between neighbors, disputes between government and citizens, dispute between citizens, citizens and government, disputes between political parties that involve the government. If violence becomes the first resort, then who suffers the most? The people who need the most protection, the people who are the weakest. We've been warning about this for a long time. Paula said to me last night, I'm glad you've done those shows in the past talking about your time in talk radio and people have called in and they're upset about an election result, whatever it is. And they're like, we're going to go and storm the Capitol and I'm getting my, you know, I'm going to kick this guy's butt. And I say to him, do you know who your state legislator is? Do you, do you know who your congressman is? I, this is actual conversation I had on a phone at a radio station I worked at. And the guy who called in who wanted to resort to violence didn't even know who his local state delegate was. Maybe you want to try like the order process before we jump to absurdities like using violence. Having said that, ladies and gentlemen, the media has zero credibility here and they deserve to be roundly called out. Now, keep in mind, as I stated last night on Hannity's program, and I'll say again today on mine, and you'll get a bit of a lengthier conversation today from me. We have a ton of video to bring up here. There are liberal media people and liberals themselves who say, don't you dare bring up BLM and Antifa. Where to keep the conversation solely on what happened with a limited group of people yesterday who acted inappropriately at the Capitol. We're supposed to keep the conversation only on them. I just did. 
I do not endorse political violence ever. It's been a conversation on my show repeatedly, period. No caveats, no bullet points, no provisos. There's no more necessary. That's it. That's a categorical statement. Having said that, again, if you have been in the media and have been dismissing political violence for the last four years, you should sit down and shut up and stop telling people to ignore how we got here. Because we're, the minute you tell me to stop talking about it, I'm going to talk about it more. What do I mean? So it's fascinating that although we have been consistent on this topic because we have actual principles, that as I just said for the umpteenth time, you cannot normalize political violence. It's the weakest in a society like that who are always the most damaged, always. That's not been the take of the media. Oh, Dan, you can't talk about that. We got to talk about exclusively about Trump and what happened at the Capitol yesterday. No, no, we don't only have to talk about that. We have to talk about political violence because it's important understanding how we got here. You know, I brought up this point last night, and again, I'll bring it up again today. It's interesting how when the White House was under attack and under siege, I was getting calls from Secret Service friends of mine. Fact, fact. Not hyperbole, not exaggeration. With the Black Lives Matter protest in Antifa in D.C. that turned violent, there were friends of mine who were legitimately concerned that the White House would fall. I haven't said that before last night. I haven't said it on the show today, I don't think. I may have, I may not, but I'm telling you now. There were friends of mine legitimately worried if 100 or 200 people stormed the fences of the White House, they were wondering what would happen how the security plan would hold. I've never heard that conversation before, even when I was an active agent. But what was the story then when they were outside the White House, just feet from the gate and could have stormed it and that broke bad and Secret Service agents and UD officers, uniformed division officers were hurt. What was the conversation from the media? Was it around condemnation of political violence like you get on this show today and you have been getting forever? No, that wasn't the conversation. The conversation back then, of course, was about how Trump was a coward because the Secret Service evacuated him to the bunker. He didn't leave and go down there himself. He probably doesn't even know where it is. <laughs> they took him down there. That was the conversation. <laughs> kind of weird, no, Joe? How there wasn't <laughs> some round condemnation of the dangers of storming a government building like we saw yesterday. We didn't see that conversation back then. You remember that one? I don't remember mm -hmm. that. Well, you remember that one? Getting a no from Paula, too. Wow. Wow, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, I, I, I thought, you know, political violence was a bad thing in the media. No, it's been a bad thing here, but not over there. No wonder they don't want us to talk about what about is. Yeah, what about him? You're darn right it is. What about your principles in the media? You don't have any. That's why you don't want to talk about it. That's why you're saying you can't mention that. That's what about is. Yeah, it is. Because if we don't have a standard set of principles both the country lives by, then we don't have a country. What about another government building in Portland? Courthouse in Portland. Do you remember that story? What was that, decades ago? No, no, that was just months ago, actually. Where a federal courthouse in the city of Portland was under assault nightly by a left-leaning group of terrorists, Antifa. There were firework incendiary bombs thrown over the gate. There were federal officers hurt and wounded, was under attack nightly. You remember that? 
Remember the round condemnation by the left-wing media about how awful this was and the Portland mayor, Ted Wheeler, who just finally a week ago after months of the courthouse being assaulted, just finally came around and said, hey, maybe not calling out Antifa was a bad idea. Do you remember all those stories about how awful that was? I don't remember that. Matter of fact, as a talking head on television or whatever you call cable commentary, I remember debating people on TV and watching commentary on TV by left-wing commentators on Fox and CNN and elsewhere who would say, well, we have to look at the bigger scope and condemn political violence, not just people in Portland. Oh, really? Wow. So you can't condemn what happened in Portland? You want to look at, they'd always mention Charlottesville. Oh, Dan, isn't that what you're doing now? Talking about the, no, no. We have been consistent on condemning political violence from the start. They excuse it. I don't remember all the stories either from the left-wing media when a group of lunatics took over a portion of Seattle they called the Chaz and then renamed the CHOP. Remember that one? Oh, they were left-wing protesters. So now we can take over a portion of a city? Remember when the National Guard... They were asking the call in the National Guard and Trump was condemned for trying to take back the city and even the potential of using the National Guard. Remember the condemnation by the media? No, that was real. But then yesterday, it's interesting, National Guard gets called in right away. So no National Guard when it's a left-wing protest, but when it's a Trump rally, get them in there right away. You're starting to see how there's two sets of rules in this country. And why the left-wing media is so terrified that you're going to say, that's what aboutism. You can't talk about that. I can talk about and we'll talk about whatever I want because I actually have principles, unlike you. Can we do a little thought experiment? If you think this is a unified country where the media has principles, and to be candid, some in the political leadership and the leadership of some law enforcement departments in big cities, to be fair in the criticism. You think we have one set of, no, no, Dan, this one country, this one set of law. You said law. Law applies to everyone. That's why it's a law, right? You don't have like a law for one person, not a law for another person, right? You do Really? Let's do a little thought experiment. The Chaz that was in Seattle, remember the left-wing autonomous zone where they took over a portion of a city? Do you think if a Tea Party group walked into New York City and said, we're taking over these two or three blocks for a few months, do you think the mayor of New York City, DeBalzio, would call it the summer of love, like Mayor Jenny Durkin called the Chaz in Seattle? You think, you think that would happen? How, how long do you think that would be allowed to exist before they were brought up on charges of terrorism, that Tea Party group? How long, Joe? 10 minutes? Maybe yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. minutes? 10, if 15. That? That's what I was thinking. Maybe maybe 22.5 minutes. I'm, uh, 20, I'm not, not really sure. Joe thinks I'm over, it's probably closer to five minutes before <laughs> yeah, they yeah. find themselves in jail. Why, why is that? Why is that? Hmm. Why was the Chaz called the summer of love and allowed to exist for over a month? And when a terror group took over portions of a big city. But yet, you know damn well in the liberal media, what I'm telling you is true. If that happened in New York City and it was a Tea Party group, they'd all be in jail. Why is that? I thought we were all living under one set of rules, you know, unity, tolerance, principles, law and order. Oh. That thought experiment didn't work out like you thought it did for you, huh? Maybe because you know what I'm saying is true and you hacks and lunatics in the left-wing media that contributed to this vi- to this environment of, 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 of normalizing political violence. Maybe you're starting to, th- to say, today starting to go back and say, yeah, maybe I did. 
Maybe I did contribute to this. All right, I've got some video I'm going to get to in a second. Um, let me get to my second sponsor. I'm going to show you exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, today's show also brought to you by our friends at Helix. Hey, I've needed some good night's sleep yesterday. Yesterday was not a good day. We had a trifecta of bad news yesterday, folks. Helix sleep, Helix mattresses. Ladies and gentlemen, I was matched after I took the two-minute sleep quiz from Helix. The two-minute sleep quiz is fantastic to a Helix Midnight Lux mattress, which I love. Sleep calmly, peacefully on it. The only downside is you sleep over others' homes and in hotels, you want to get back to your Helix mattress. They have a quiz, Helix Sleep. It takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everyone's, everyone's unique. Helix knows that. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses that are great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I took the Helix quiz. I told you, the quiz, I had the Midnight Lux uh, match to me. It's perfect. I love it because I have arthritis in my shoulder and stuff. It's good for side sleepers. It's been awesome getting unboxing videos from so many of you who found the Helix mattress of your dreams. I get tons of email. People love it. If you're looking for a mattress, take the quiz, order the mattress you match you. It comes right to your doorship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. There's a reason. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it over 100 nights risk-free. It's that good. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix offers exclusive discounts for military first responders, teachers, and students. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. What a deal for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Dan. Helix, H-E-L-A-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Go today. All right, thanks, Helix. Again, the reason the liberal media and others are trying to dictate the terms of this conversation right now is because they're terrified about grappling with actual principles, principles they don't have. The don't you dare bring up Antifa BLM, which is that's whataboutism, um, shows you that you're over the target and that they're terrified of their own history of dealing with political violence that they not only forgave, but incentivized. No, they didn't. Really? Let's go to the videotape here. Where were the media and the left? where political violence was happening and being incentivized during the four years of Donald Trump. Well, here was Maxine Waters. Here's her. Joe, get ready for it. Here's Maxine Waters, Democrat, far-left, radical congresswoman. Here's Maxine Waters speaking out against political violence, encouraging her supporters on a microphone moment to go out and embrace Trump supporters. And although we have political differences, we should work them out through law and an orderly process, processes like elections. Here is her doing that. This is very, very nice of Maxine Waters. Check this out. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle. God is on our side. On the side of the children. On the side of what's right. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Oh, I, Joe, <laughs> what'd you do, man? Yeah. Why'd you do it? You're messing up. Again, Joe and Paula screwing up the whole show, of course. Of course. That's not the cut. I'm talking about the cut where... She was out there embracing the Trump giving him picos. Oh, that's not that cut. No. That's right. That's Democratic, far-left radical Maxine Waters encouraging people on a microphone and screaming at them 
to get in the faces of Trump supporters, tell them they're not welcome anywhere, and to get a crowd with you. Where was the media on that? I don't remember exactly because you never saw it in the media outside of Fox and other outlets that covered it. So whereas this show has no problem whatsoever today because our principles have been consistent, political violence is insanity. You want your kids growing up in a society like that where law and order don't matter and we solve our problems by beating the snot out of everyone? Ah, not me. But it's just odd that the media found religion just yesterday because they didn't have much to say about Maxine Waters. Here's another media darling. Joe, this man's smarter than everyone. Here's Chris Cuomo. He's a lawyer. Oh, oh, yeah. Joe, you're just an audio producer. And I was just a former cop. So what do I know? Paula, web developer. Mm -hmm. We're all stupid. This is Chris Cuomo. JD. Esquire. Esquire. He's a lawyer. And he's on CNN, which means he's naturally smarter than us. Here's Chris Cuomo. When he's talking about the BLM and Antifa riots. Here's Chris Cuomo, who's taken a stand and been very consistent about how awful political violence is from the start, Chris Cuomo, right? Here's Chris Cuomo saying, listen, if you have to assemble and do it, you better do it peacefully because that's the order process of law and order. Chris, I mean, he was way ahead of the game, Joe, way before we were. Check Mm -hmm. this out. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets, persistent, and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Hmm. That's Wrong cut again? That's not again. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you're really uh, damaging the hmm? flow of the Sorry, show man. today. I don't know what's you going know, when on. You know, when you do... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, we may have to find a new. You may not hear from Joe again tomorrow. Yeah, probably not. You know, in jujitsu, they you know what do they say? Go with the go with the flow. In jujitsu, they say flow with the go. You know, it's a way to not uh, to kind of soft roll in jujitsu. So Joe is not clearly a going with the flow today on the show. Of course, I'm kidding. Joe's a great producer, and that is the cut I sent him. That's Chris Cuomo, who is confused about the Constitution, uh, which I was kind enough to take a screenshot of him on my Constitution app um, and do the worst highlight ever. Did I give that to you, Paul? Um, it actually does say somewhere in our founding documents that if you are going to assemble, you should do so uh, peaceably. There it is for Chris, who is a, he's a lawyer, Joe, so he's smarter than you. Um, he's an esquire, huh. and me, if, I mean, clearly. Um, he hasn't read the Amendment 1 of the Constitution, uh, also known as Amendment 1 of the Bill of Rights for Chris, where it uh, calls on the right of the people or announces uh, the big R, God-given right of the people to peaceably assemble. Uh, There it is. That's my highlight. Paula was laughing how awful it is. Um, I did it on my phone in two minutes. If you'd like to see the awful video of it, rumble.com slash Bongino, where you can watch my terrible highlight. Chris missed that. He's confused about where does it say we have to assemble peaceably. The Constitution says that. Here's an interesting bunch of tweets by Ali Velshi. Uh, Ali Velshi and Caleb, uh, Caleb Hall, by the way, who this is another guy at MSNBC who is, of course, again, because he's on MSNBC, smarter than us, Ali Velshi. He's been entirely consistent as well about uh, where he stands on political violence. Here's a tweet by Caleb uh, talking about where this was Ali Velshi during, again, the Black Lives Matter Antifa rights. MSNBC reporter Ali Velshi just now. I want to be clear on how I characterize this. This is mostly a protest. 
It's not generally speaking unruly. Uh, with an attached photo of Ali Valshi standing in front of a building being burned down in the middle of a riot. So Valshi, who's smarter than us and MSNBC, and they've all demanded we not discuss any, they're going to dictate the terms of the conversation because, of course, they've been better than us on this. Here's Ali Valshi now about the events of yesterday. Trump incites mob is the headline. This is his actual Twitter account. Is the headline of the morning's New York Times. Any journalist who sugarcoats their language, who normalizes what has happened today, isn't doing their job. Our job is to bear witness and tell the truth. Trump is attempting a coup and inciting violence. Of course, none of that actually happened. But this is the same Ali Velshi who is literally standing in front of a burning, you know, I hate the word literally, a burning building in the middle of a riot, saying this isn't generally unruly. And these people are going to dictate the terms of the principled conversations. No, our conversations have been principled. We have been entirely consistent because I believe in big R, God-given rights for everyone. And if you really believe in big R, God-given, really believe in that, and you think attacking another human being or committing a crime in advance of your cause is going to benefit you and your cause, that's, no, 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 no. Of course, Ali, Chris, and Maxine Waters haven't been consistent on that. Maxine Waters actually called for aggressive political action against your opponents. Quote, get in their face. Tell them they're not welcome. There's more? Of course, there's always more. Because again, the media and liberal hypocrisy on this is stunning. And if we're not going to live by a common set of principles, then one common government is not going to work. Because a set of rules, a set of laws, and orderly processes that only apply to one party are neither law, orderly, or processes. They're just suggestions. Here's Ayanna Presley, Democrat member of Congress, again, calling for peace in the streets and law and order. Let's handle this the right way through peaceable assembly and elsewhere. Of course, that's not what this is. Check this out. I'm looking to the public. You know, this is as much about public outcry and organizing and mobilizing and applying pressure so that this GOP-led Senate and that these governors that continue to carry water for this administration, putting the American people in, in harm's way, um, turning a deaf ear to the needs of our families and our communities, hold them accountable. Well, make the phone call, send the email, show up. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. And unfortunately, there's plenty to go around. Um, there you go. Not my, not my words, her words. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. That, that, her words, along with Maxine Waters, Chris Cuomo. Oh, I got more. But now all of a sudden, these are the authority figures on political violence after they've normalized it. What does unrest in the streets mean? Was she ever asked to clarify that statement? Of course she wasn't because she's a leftist. She was given a total pass because political violence and unrest in the streets is only acceptable if you're a leftist. But again, these are the principled people who think principles only apply to one group of people, not the other, which is the antithesis of principles. It means they're non-principles. It means they're suggestive suggestions of subjective suggestions, the exact opposite of an objective principle. 
You think this is new, by the way? Oh, this is just the Trump era where leftists have been calling for violence, allowing violence, allowing violence to happen and excusing it. I had to go back to a situation Joe is unfortunately all too familiar with because he still resides in Maryland. Remember the Freddie Gray riots in Baltimore during the Obama administration? Yeah, of course. You know, the old liberal mayor of, I don't mean old that she's old in age, but older, she's one of the older, uh, she's been a few mayor changes since then. Remember Stephanie Rawlings Blake? I know Joe does. She was the mayor of Baltimore during the Freddie Gray riots. When she said this absolute absurdity, not a joke, sadly, about giving rioters room to destroy, her quote, you'll hear in a minute, not mine. Not only was there no condemnation in the mainstream media, they ran cover for her. That's not what she meant. No, that's what she said. You don't believe me? Listen to her own words. It's a very delicate balancing act because while we uh, tried to make sure that they were protected from the cars and the other you know, things that were going on, um, we also gave those who wished to destroy space to do that as well. Hmm? That's an actual quote. We didn't edit that. That's her actual quote. We wanted to give those in the Freddie Gray riots in Baltimore room to destroy. You had to provide space for them too. Again, these are the authority figures trying to dictate the terms of today's conversation who have zero principles at all trying to frighten you into submission. Folks, these next few weeks are going to be scary. The left will never, ever let a crisis go to waste. And I assure you, the fallout from what happened yesterday, you haven't even begun to see it. All right, I've got more coming up, including Kamala Harris, AOC, a montage for you, and some interesting video of a protest in the Senate building. Was that yesterday or something? We'll see. All right, our uh, next sponsor, our friends at PetSmart, who we... Lucy has become a big fan of PetSmart, whether she knows it or not. It's where we get all our stuff for Lucy's food, Lucy's toys. Lucy had been chewing up the house, so we had to go get a bunch of toys from PetSmart. Luckily, she's starting to chew on some of them. You having some issues there with the buzzer, buzzeruski there? All right, there we go. <laughs> Lucy, of course, is our new golden doodle. Well, she's been here a few months now, but we love her to death. Listen, if you all have a pet, you know they can make your life better. They see you every morning, and it's like it's the first time they've seen you. My dog goes crazy. I don't know if you know this, but she got so excited the first few months we had her. She used to pee on the floor when she'd see me in the morning. I'm not kidding. We have the spray ready, you know? From the beginning of the pandemic, PetSmart has been an essential retailer, making sure you can get everything your pet needs right, right now when you need it at over 1,600 convenient locations. And they lead the pack with safe and easy ways to shop. PetSmart uh, pet, pet stores, excuse me, cleaning and disinfecting protocols follow CDC recommendations. They require face coverings, floor decals, signage, and new protocols reinforce social distancing requirements. Plexiglass shields are in place at registers as well as at salon and pet hotel lobbies. Stores and grooming salons offer digital check-in, curbside drop-off and pickup, and contactless payment. PetSmart has responded to the unprecedented demand for contactless shopping by adding curbside pickup for website or app orders. And now PetSmart offers free same-day delivery powered by DoorDash through January 31st, 2021, so you can get everything your pet needs right to your door and right when you need it. We have taken advantage of it. It's been great for us. We've really, we just got a delivery right of her food. The other, she has these little like lamb 
uh, Pepitos, as my mother-in-law calls them. We got the other day, Pepitos. PetSmart's associates really love pets. Caring for them is a big part of why they work there. It's been an essential retailer since the beginning of the pandemic. They make it safe and easy for you to care for your pet too, online or in stores. If you're interested in contactless shopping, just order online at PetSmart.com or on the PetSmart app and enjoy easy curbside pickup for free same-day delivery powered by DoorDash through January 31st, 2021. You get everything your pet needs right to your door right when you need it. Check out PetSmart.com. That's PetSmart.com. For more details, go today. Thanks, Lucy. Lucy should be a part. We should have her. I think next time we read PetSmart, Lucy should make an appearance. What do you think? Paul agrees. See, we don't always agree. We agree now. I know. She's sleeping. She's such a cute dog. I love that dog. We need a little bit of good news today. Lucy always brings good news to my life. All right, let's move on. So, um, again, others on the left who now want to dictate the terms of the conversation who've actually incentivized political violence allowed it to happen or covered for it for years now. Now, all of a sudden, want to take the moral high ground. No, we're not going to allow that. The moral high ground is consistently seeing principles, which they don't have. Here's Kamala Harris in a Fox News article. Senator Harris, who backed the Minnesota Freedom Fund, a bail fund backed by Kamala Harris and Joe Biden staffers that bailed out alleged child abusers, as docs indicate. It's an article by Tyler Olson, foxnews.com. Well, that's interesting. After the riots in Minnesota that burned down innocent people's neighborhoods and buildings and businesses, uh, many of those people who did that committed those crimes and those acts of terrorism in those neighborhoods were bailed out, some of them by a fund Kamala Harris actively supported in a tweet that's actually still up on her Twitter account. Joe Biden staffers supported that too. Commit crimes. What is it? Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. In Kamala Harris's case, is do the crime. Don't worry, you won't do the time. We'll bail you right out. But again, these are the arbiters of what the appropriate perimeter of this conversation is supposed to be today. I think not. You've shown what your principles are, and they're disgraceful. Political violence is acceptable to you if it advances a political narrative. It's not to me. It's never been. We're going to expose you all for what you are and what you've done. Here's AOC, another one grasping the moral high ground. It's her own Twitter account, at AOC. This was her a while ago. She doesn't want this tweet up, by the way. She actually had uh, someone close to her try to pressure Twitter to stop this from being retweeted. Of course, when BLM and Antifa were all engaged in, in protests and riots that advanced her political cause, she was A-OK with it. Matter of fact, she tweeted, and I quote, the whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists take that discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular support often starts small and grows. To folks who complain protest demands make others uncomfortable, that's the point. Making people uncomfortable is the point. All right, well, that's AOC's own words. Interesting how she doesn't want that retweeted now. Of course, remember the whole peaceful protests? The show, would we'd be remiss if we didn't put this in the show today. Here is a montage by our friends at Newsbusters. We're going to play again of the same media people demanding Chuck Todd and the rest of the clown show, demanding that we have no say in this, despite we're the us, this show and others in the conservative movement being the only ones who've actually been consistent on political violence. The only ones, regardless of who does it, Chuck Todd and others are demanding now. Chuck Todd, you know, the, Chuck Todd, who I, I, I live rent free in this guy's head. They're demanding now our voices all be silenced because they're totalitarians. That's what they do. But here's a little montage of the media when actual political violence was happening. 
over the past year. Don't you worry, folks. It's all peaceful protest. Check this out. I, I, I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not generally speaking unruly. But fires have been started, and and first thing I want to make perfectly clear: this has been almost entirely peaceful. In fact, completely peaceful. It's been a mostly peaceful protest. But then they chose to move in. Uh, Many of these protests have been largely peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm looking at those live pictures next to you, and they seem very peaceful. There are always folks on the fringes of protests that do the things that uh, we don't we don't like. A few people who break a few windows and burn a few cars. They just threw something on fire, Chris, a firecracker. No one should be destructing uh, property and that sort of thing, but I understand the anger. Discount people who are doing things to public property that, that they shouldn't be doing. It does have to be understood that this city has got, uh, for the last several years, an issue with police. So many good people out there who want change and who are demanding change. Our country was started because this is how the Boston Tea Party rioting. So don't do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. Thanks, Newsbusters, for that one. Principles, they had principles on this. They did Doesn't sound like it. Sounds like them largely forgiving people for engaging in acts of political violence, and now they now want to be the arbiters of truth about political violence? What about this one? A lot of you aren't going to remember this one. Remember during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings when the left was losing their minds, accusing Brett Kavanaugh of gang rapes in the back of cars and things like that? Remember those absurdities? Media wasn't interested much in the truth back then. They're not now. But the left lost their mind during that. He was an occupation of a, a literal occupation of the ground floor of a Senate office building. You remember the big outcry in the media about this, about how order and process had broken down? Yeah, I don't either. Matter of fact, some of you probably never even seen this before. But here is the left. You can hear them for our audio listeners. In the background, you'll hear them screaming as they take over. And I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about hundreds of people. A Senate office building. Check this out. First time you're seeing that? Probably. Where was the media on that one? About how order had broken down? Nowhere. But again, they're the arbiters of truth. Entirely unprincipled people. Castigating us to dare not talk about any of this. Because they're uncomfortable. And the only people who are uncomfortable discussing the events of yesterday are people who don't have principles. If you've been consistent on political violence. You're disturbed about all of it. Let me get to some facts, too. Some facts and some stories out there that the media doesn't want you to hear, that you're going to hear on this show. And I want to be crystal clear. This is reporting done by the Washington Times, a reputable outlet, and they're not suggesting in their piece that 
everything that happened yesterday was the result of Antifa infiltration. That's not in the piece at all. Are we clear on that? Because we have liberals watching the show have a really tough time. They're not suggesting that. But the piece is pretty clear that if you put up this Washington Times headline, this story will be in the show notes, and I encourage you to read it, bongino.com slash newsletter. It's another story they don't want to talk about either because it makes some people uncomfortable. Rowan Scarborough, Washington Times. Facial recognition firm claims Antifa infiltrated Trump protesters who stormed the Capitol. It was two. It's two people. Those are the facts in the story. Cites the company. Apparently, there were two Philadelphia Antifa members. Again, more stories that make people uncomfortable. Well, if the facts make you uncomfortable, then maybe there's something wrong. Maybe you just don't want the facts. Here's another photo that's been circulating around social media that leftists have been putting out. This is everywhere, this photo. If you do kind of an image search, you'll see a lot of it on liberal accounts. Like, gosh, look at what's going on in Washington, D.C. Look at this. And if you'll see, if you want to watch rumble.com slash Bongino, it's Washington, D.C. in flames. Some leftists have been suggesting, gosh, this is the result of these riots yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, that photo is from the BLM riots in Washington, D.C. That photo is not from yesterday. You see that photo, you'll probably see it on some leftist account talking about how this was yesterday. It wasn't. Sadly, folks, we've reached the, that never let a crisis go to waste portion. This is disgusting. Instead of solving crises in this country now, we have political parties looking to leverage crises to take away your civil liberties and liberties at serious risk right now. I cannot warn you in strong enough terms. The damage done yesterday is apocalyptic and cataclysmic when it comes to things like liberty. I'm not kidding. I had a conversation with Paula last night and I said, I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. Are we going to see another Patriot Act now? And it, which was a disaster. We're going to see increases in domestic surveillance now. They're going to use events of yesterday as a way to whittle away your civil liberties? You know, it was Rahm Emanuel, one of Barack Obama's chief lieutenants. That was his credo he lived by. Never let a crisis go to waste. Folks, now you understand why the truth and the facts matter. And if we're principled on this the entire time, we should have no worries at all. But I am worried about what unprincipled people are going to do next. Let me get to my last sponsor. I want to talk about how I'm not just concerned about legislative action, like a new Patriot Act, increased domestic surveillance, and the whittling away of your civil liberties like a Alka-Seltzer tablet and water. There are other things that are going to happen and are happening right now, including the big tech purge. We got to fight back. We're not going to have a country left if this continues. All right, folks, my last sponsor, I, I want to thank personally because they got me through a really rough time in my life. Many of you know I've been, unfortunately, I've been dealing with chemotherapy and it causes some pretty severe nausea. So some of you saw me wearing during the show um, because I couldn't get through the show without it. This relief band right here, this is actually mine. This thing is great. Do you know the third of Americans regularly suffer from nausea? 
I had it, unfortunately, because of the chemicals in my body. But there are other reasons too, bad hangovers. You just get sick sometimes, morning sickness, migraines. That's why I'm excited about our new partner, Relief Band. They're the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. It's been clinically proven, proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. It's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy. Uh, non it provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. Folks, you just put it on. You hit the button, sends an impulse through this uh, sensor right here, and you're golden. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now, through relief band, it's available to the masses. It works this way. It stimulates a nerve in the wrist through that little uh, node right there. It travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. For me, the minute I hit the power button, for me, it goes away right away. Paula used it too. She gets migraines. It blocks the signal your brain's sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. It's that simple. Relief Band is the only over-the-counter wearable device that's been used in hospitals and oncology clinics to treat nausea and vomiting. This new year, ensure nausea is never the reason to miss out on life's important moments. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 20% off, plus free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. Head to reliefband.com. Use our promo code Bongino for 20% off. That's reliefband.com. Use promo code Bongino. You're going to love it. This thing works. Works right away for me. All right, folks. Getting back to this um, sad, never let a crisis go to waste moment, which we really have to put behind us. And we have to get into a let's solve the crisis moment. Not only are our civil liberties at risk from opportunists who are going to try to whittle them away, but our ability to speak freely in the new public space, which is social media, it's the new town square. The town square used to be literally a town square where you'd walk into the town square in the revolutionary era and you go out and you'd say, hey, this is how I feel about this. And you'd get on your soapbox and people would listen. That soapbox now is Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Parler, YouTube, Rumble. But what if I told you that town square is shrinking because people with voices that don't conform to the media unprincipled narrative I just roundly debunked, they're not principled people. What if I told you those people were being kicked off? What if I told you the biggest voice in the whole thing was banned? Did you see this article at The Blaze? It'll be up in the show notes. You probably, I don't know if you missed this in all the chaos yesterday, but do you know Twitter locked President Trump's account for 12 hours and says it may suspend him permanently? Facebook has blocked him for 24 hours. Facebook and YouTube are also deleting videos from the president about the rioting. Ladies and gentlemen, the totalitarianism is real. It's right here, right now. It's incentivized by media totalitarians, and it's getting worse. This is not a joke. These are not principled people, ladies and gentlemen. The president put out a speech yesterday. You can agree or disagree with the content, but ask people to, quote, go home put out another tweet telling them that the Capitol Police should, that they are on our side here. Twitter apparently didn't like that. So Twitter shut down the town, town square, Chinese Communist Party, Soviet Union style, because that's who they are. That's who Facebook is too. And I'm warning you, and sadly, here's the bad news. You heard it here first. I'm warning you, this is going to get worse. The purge on Twitter and Facebook will continue. I am actively involved, as you know, with an 
alternative platform, Parler. That's P-A-R-L-E-R, by the way, not L-O-R. I strongly suggest you set up an account. You may find yourself a man without a social media soapbox or island if you don't. I am an investor there, disclosure, but I did it for ideological reasons. Nothing about the money. I didn't even have any idea the company was going to be worth anything when I got involved. This is going to get worse. You are going to find yourself platform free really soon. Why is the media terrified? Why is the media's obvious totalitarian streak in conjunction with liberals who've always been totalitarians? That's what they are. Why is it coming out now? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's because they're losing control of the town square. The town square, again, if we could use an old revolutionary era analogy, is it was exactly that, a square in the middle of town where you'd go out, you'd stand on your soapbox and you'd say, hear ye, hear ye, and say what you wanted to say. The new way to get your message out now, of course, which is democratize the ability to speak to people by the thousands, is social media. For people like me, by the millions. I don't need a distribution channel anymore. Please follow. This is an important point. I'm going to get this Washington Times article in a minute, which will be in my show notes. It's a very important article. I want you to be clear what's driving the media crazy and is increasing. They're already growing and being fertilized by the day, totalitarian streak. What's driving them nuts is the media used to own the distribution channels. The distribution channels for information are the public square. What do you mean distribution channels? They would own actual TV channels. In the 60s and 70s, Joe DeGree's a little older than me. If Cronkite, Brokaw, Jennings, and others didn't talk about it on the nightly news, it didn't happen. Bingo. Oh, it happened, right? But you just didn't know about it. Then we had cable news and other distribution channels outside of ABC, the big three, NBC and CBS appeared. First, you had CNN, which parroted what ABC, CBS, and, C- and, uh, and the other one, uh, what ABC, CBS, and NBC were saying. But then you had Fox News and you had another distribution channel. Well, all of a sudden, a fair and balanced approach to use their motto started to surface. But even Fox News owned the distribution channel. Those distribution channels are voices and are the town square. But that's breaking down too. With the advent of social media, Parler, Rumble, and other alternative platforms, you're the distribution channel now. You don't need cable. You don't need TV. And you certainly don't need Walter Cronkite or his successors. Look at this article in the Washington Times. It's fascinating. It's about Fox News and some of the competitors, but it's more than that. It says, will the streaming revolution overthrow Fox News and mainstream media in 2021? By Gabe Kaminsky. It's worth your time. I'll put it up in the show notes. I'm not just putting it. My name is in there. It's not why I'm posting the article. Hey, look at me. It's nothing to do with that, I promise. But I talk about my show and how the digital revolution has created distribution channels everywhere. You stomp one, that person reappears in a different public square later. Snuff Dan Bongino out on YouTube where they demonetize their videos all the time. I just moved to Rumble where we don't discriminate based on ideology. Reduce my distribution on Facebook. I'll put the videos on Rumble. 
reduce my distribution on Twitter. I'll just put my information on Parler. They're trying to whack-a-mole and they just can't do it because they can't whack-a-mole distribution channels when you're the distribution channel and you have multiple vehicles to put your information out there and it's driving them wild and it's only fueling their totalitarian streak and making them more frustrated that they can't stop you from speaking. They won't. They won't. Haven't done the flip in a while. Going to forego the drama today, given the circumstances yesterday. But this is uh, the final segment of the show, but it's an important one. I just left you with two warnings. The media's totalitarian streak will increase. Be very concerned about new Patriot Act type material, legislation, and be very concerned about what's happening in social media and the suppression of the town square. But these next two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, have the potential to get very ugly. And to get very ugly, very fast. What do I mean? Well, here's a tweet by Ilhan Omar calling for a quickie impeachment. She's going to file articles. Ladies and gentlemen, do not, do not scoff at this. Ilhan Omar, quote, I'm drawing up articles of impeachment. Trump should be impeached by the House of Representatives and removed from office by the U.S. Senate. We can't allow him to remain in office. It's a matter of preserving our republic, and we need to fulfill our oath. Typically, anything tweeted by Ilhan Omar, who's shown herself to be a radical, delusional leftist, um, you can usually disregard as the rantings of someone not exactly level-headed. But you should take this very seriously. They're terrified Trump could run again in 2024. Why do you think they would push for a quickie impeachment? Why do you think they'd do that? Maybe to close off and wall off that opportunity? Don't scoff at it. Ah, they're not going to do that. Really? These are the same people who, again, I just played entire montages, who totally dismissed political violence when they thought it would hurt them politically. But now that they think they can use it to their advantage, they're all about running through the tape with this. Here's another thing you need to be worried about in the coming weeks. And I had this conversation with someone very close yesterday. The administration. Better keep your eyes on this one. Don't dismiss it. I see some people even on the right dismissing it. Ah, there's no serious talk about this. I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand. I don't trust anybody anymore. Slate. Left-leaning outlet. Far left. It's time for the 25th Amendment. We can't afford two more weeks of Trump. This is the fastest and easiest way to be rid of him. Oh, here we go just now. Facebook bans Trump's account indefinitely. I'll get to the 25th Amendment in a second. Here's one more. Rick Klein, who I I know Rick from back in the day. I always thought him to be a relatively level-headed guy. Look at this tweet. This is insane. Trump will be an ex-president in 13 days. The fact is that getting rid of Trump is the easy part. Cleansing the movement he commands is going to be something else? Cleansing? We're using the term cleansing now? This is a smart guy, Rick. He's not stupid. We're using the term, we're really going down that road now? Man. Cleansing the movement? Just go to any search engine and put in cleansing the movement. Just don't have your kids look at it when you see what comes up. It's a quick note on the 25th Amendment. What is it? What does it do? 
if the current vice president and majority of the cabinet deem the president physically or mentally unable to perform the duties of the presidency, the vice president becomes the president of the United States. It would be Pence. Say, really? That's all that has to happen? Well, it gets a little more detailed than that. The president can object, which of course he would, President Trump. If the president does object to this and say, that's not true, I am physically and mentally capable of performing my job, then the vice president and the cabinet have four days to transmit their request that the president be basically removed from power because he's physically and mentally, mentally enabled to Congress. Two-thirds of both houses of the Congress then have to vote on it. If they do, the vice president becomes a president. The president is, in fact, removed from power for physical and mental incapacitation. Oh, damn, we shouldn't be talking about these. These are conspiracy theories. Are they? We're in a dangerous time, folks. A really dangerous time. Here's hopefully a small positive note. Again, there's a lot of hyperbole on Twitter today and dramatic, overly dramatic stuff talking about this was yesterday was the worst day in human history. It was bad. It was bad. Period. It was really bad. It was not the worst day in human history. We've had Pearl Harbor. We've had Antietam. It was not the worst day in human history. It was a bad day. I hope we can all learn from. And I hope there's a lot of introspection going on with everyone. But we're still the United States of America. Not here to give you hoorah speeches and tell you to ignore anything that happened or to to just forget about, oh, just let's let all the election abnormalities go. No, I'm not letting any of that go. We had an election with unbelievably suspect behavior and we better damn well fix it. But it was not the worst day in American history. It wasn't even in the top 10 worst days in American history. It was a really, really awful day. But we're a great country. We have a pathway forward. I discussed it yesterday. We have states and counties within states where people actually respect the Constitution and everyone's God-given right to assemble peaceably, to defend themselves, to practice their religion. You still have those places here. And for as awful as everything was yesterday in Washington, D.C., you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I live down here in Florida. And I'm not kidding when I tell you this. My daughter came home from school and didn't even know what had happened until she saw it on the news. That didn't happen with 9-11, Antietam, Pearl Harbor. I told her what happened because I want her to learn from it too. We can never, ever, ever normalize political violence. Ever. It has to be called out everywhere. It is not a strategy. It is the act, it's, it's actual evidence of the breakdown of strategy, law, and order. And without law and order, the republic is meaningless. We can keep it the Republic, as our founding fathers warned. We can keep it. We'll get through this. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but... 
Are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.